Welcome to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are over halfway mark of Refocus Week and I very much wanted to get some insights into the thing that most often uh, is last thought about, which is hospitality financials. Cafe Bookkeepers is a firm in Sydney working with over 120 hospitality clients. Their services include bookkeeping, taxation, payroll, and setting up new businesses and a whole lot more. This allows them to have a lot of industry high, uh, insights and is why I wanted to have them on the show. So today I am joined by Patrick Montalongo, the Sales and Customer Success Manager. Hey Patrick, how are you? I'm doing very well, thanks for having me. Mate, and after about five attempts, I'm very happy that I got your name correct, so that is good. <laughs> You're in the, the Montalongo Hall of Fame. <laughs> I hope I get a certificate after this. Um Let's let's talk about how um, how the business started and and maybe how you got into your career and then and then got into the business itself. Yeah, so the business actually was started by uh, a guy named Nick Hazel. Um, he's kind of known around the industry. He's he's very good at networking, mm-hmm. and he um, he was uh, visiting uh, with a friend or had a friend that was uh, had a cafe and noticed um, a little bit uh, of a mess in terms of the uh, <laughs> the books, the paperwork, and and all the things that were going on uh, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and essentially saw an opportunity there of of thinking, well, you know, there's there's a little bit of uh, inefficiencies here, and and, and working on. Um, you know, ways that we can we can make that better and improve that better. And that was sort of like that birthing place, that moment that was that idea kind of came about. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick started really with with the on, on his own with a computer um, getting around and started doing the bookkeeping um, for lots of businesses and and even down in, in Melbourne, actually. Um, yeah, right. Very frequent trips um, down there, collecting a few different clients. Um, and essentially, as as the services got out and the word of mouth, um, got out, the business started to grow, the team started to grow and, mm-hmm. um, became, you know, much more well-established up here in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so Nick's been doing that for, for many years. I'm going to, I'm going to guess, <laughs> which they're going to laugh at me. I'm going to guess and say eight years. Cool. Uh, I think it's been going for a while. So, um, that's, that's a very brief, uh, story of how things got started. Yeah. What was there a reason, was there a reason why he, fo- he, de- he decided to focus on hospitality more than sort of any other industry? It was that connection with the the lifestyle, the hospitality lifestyle, the mm-hmm. the being be, the place to be, the place to meeting people. Yeah. Um, if you meet Nick and and maybe down the road you can have him on the show as well. I think he'd yeah. enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very uh, very much an approachable person, very down to earth, uh, very you know realistic as well, and and able to give you that advice without being you know sort of condemning or <laughs> or overbearing. It's it's very. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a talent he has to be able yeah. to do that. And uh, yeah, so I think that kind of fit and gelled with the hospitality vibe and, and being someone who is kind of for the industry as well. That's that's a really big part of, of our culture even now and what we do and how, you know, we don't necessarily are sales in your face. It's yeah. it's uh, very much about the network, very much about, you know, passing on a friend of mine uses this service. I think mm. it would be really good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's how things have kind of been, you know, very organic. Um which is, which is great to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. And what about yourself, Patrick? How did you come to be in the business and what have you enjoyed about it so far? Yeah, so I actually lived in Melbourne uh, 
in about 2012, I want to say, for mm-hmm. five or six years. And mm-hmm. as you do when you move to Melbourne, you get a job as a barista <laughs> <laughs> and um, sort of fumbling my way through latte art and barista skills. And I just started developing a network of coffee people and, mm. and getting into the industry through various roasters and people that I knew and friends of mine. And eventually ended up um, being a part of helping set up a, a new cafe in the CBD, working with a, a roaster who's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it so happened that Nick was actually doing the bookkeeping for this no business. Mm-hmm. So once a month, he was down in Melbourne. He was there. I was serving him coffee. We were chatting about the industry, chatting about coffee and, <laughs> and just getting to know one, one another over several months. Yeah. Um, I eventually had a few of my own little side projects, online businesses, retail businesses, things like that, and was seeking his advice, you know, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, can you give me some input on, on how these things can grow and what they can do. Um, And so we were catching up um, sort of regularly when he was visiting Melbourne and, and getting to know one another. So fast forward many years uh, through my hospitality career, I was working in a tech startup for a little bit, um, working with some wholesale suppliers, um, Mm -hmm. a few different specialty guys. And uh, I was actually developing my own project as well and cool. started re-engaging that conversation with Nick and, you know, where are things at? How's the team going? And, and essentially it was kind of like, well, we could use someone like you on our team to help manage, you know, our customer support side. We really want to grow in our sales. You know, we've got leads coming in from these word of mouth stuff. So how do mm. we manage that? How do we take care of it? So that's kind of where our paths came together and, and working together. And now it's been um, 18 months or, or more and um, yeah, I've been with the team. And so that's, that's kind of where we're at now. And uh, in terms of how I find working with the team, um, it's been a lot of growth in the last 18 months. Yeah. Um, COVID was obviously, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit more, uh, mm. a very interesting season for us to go through in the thick of it. And uh, we're the bookkeeping team, the admin team, they're very, very busy, you know, making sure that everyone was on top of everything. Um, and I myself was um, trying to be that great support for people. So that really, it kind of shifted our our culture a little bit. We were very like looking at a lot of growth, looking at a lot of developments, but working with the team, I think COVID really highlighted for me that sense of compassion, a sense of empathy that we have, that we genuinely have for our clients and for the industry. Mm. Um, And so that that has more recently kind of been just a standout thing um, that I've noticed about working with you know, these kind of, these people, this, this team of, you know, there's about 10 of us here mm-hmm. in Sydney and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that really. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you, you guys work with firms uh, with businesses all around Australia, don't you? Or are you just mainly? In yeah, Sydney? that's right. Yeah. Look, we're mainly in New South Wales mm. um, because of, you know, it is word of a lot of word of mouth and we do have, you know, a website, we do have social media and, and contacts and clients in Melbourne and in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the bulk of our clients are, are based here in Sydney. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we do look after, you know, uh, a, a pretty good sized roaster up in Brisbane and a few espresso bars and down in Melbourne, there's a few cafes and restaurants down there as well. Mm-hmm. Patrick, why do you think, um, why do you think financials and bookkeeping are often sort of the last thought for independent brands? And the reason why I ask is, you know, um, I've been consulting to the industry and been part of it for a while now and, it's it's often you know the last thing we sort of talk about you may talk about the cost of the fit out and that kind of stuff but the actual nuts and bolts and background behind it to actually make it work is often you know the honestly the last thought like do you guys have an understanding why that actually is yeah it's not very fun for most people. <laughs> yes it's true yes. it's a lot more fun to think about your color palette and the type of chairs you want mm-hmm. you know what type of equipment you're putting in and and, and then i mean 
even uh, your, your staffing, your team, building your team. And yeah, um, I mean, that's part of it. I guess that's, that's kind of the half of it. Mm-hmm. There's another part that it's difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. And when you don't understand something, that's something you put off. Mm-hmm. Um, the other element is that when you're, you know, in that creative space, that's generally your focus yes. um, and what you see developing really quickly in front of you. So not only is it easy, but it's more efficient for me to work on, you know, developing the coffee menu or the food menu as a chef or whatever. So, and people are coming from these different backgrounds. They're not bookkeepers, you know, you don't, mm. that's, that's kind of one of our taglines. It's like, you didn't, you didn't open your cafe to do bookkeeping um, <laughs> or do admin, you know, that's not why you did it. So uh, that's, that's usually the, the kind of core reasons we're finding. Um, and I guess a little bit finer into that is that people don't like admitting that they aren't necessarily across all of the points of, you know, GST and super liabilities and yeah. tracking their, their businesses and, and, you know, that, that stuff is um, kind of daunting at first. And so sure. when you come in uh, not knowing some of those details, you can feel a little bit intimidated mm. by that. Um, and then on top of all of that, there's even more of you. You have the rush of just getting your venue open. You know, yes, exactly. Fit out, which is generally delayed by six months or more. <laughs> um, you're like, I just want to get people in the seats. Like I need, I need to start making money. Those are my real KPIs, you know? Mm. Um, and so, oftentimes we'll get businesses coming in three to six months after they've opened and, you know, we're going in and doing a bit of cleanup and yeah, getting right. things sorted out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that, that's a whole gambit of, of issues that come up and, and priorities that seem to take, um, take the, the place uh, ahead of your financials. Yes. Um, and you know, you, you want to try to make a profit. So <laughs> you're trying to get those doors open. That, that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it um is it a challenge when someone's been like you take on a client that maybe have been doing their own bookkeeping for a particular part of time and maybe they might not have been putting you know putting the right coding and and all that kind of stuff or maybe you know stretching out their creditors and and those kind of things like when you take over yeah, every, someone who's been doing it everyone uh, everyone I ask when I ask that that uh, sacred question oh how's your bookkeeping at the moment <laughs> 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 oh no it's pretty good I think we're pretty up to date yeah yeah I've got a I've got an Excel spreadsheet yeah no it's good it's fine, <laughs> you know? because they you know it's it's you know I'm coming in and kind of that sales conversation and sure. so I and I, I'm never forceful about it I I, re- I genuinely want to help people find the right service that's going to fit them. I'm not trying to upsell or do that kind of thing. And so, but I, I know that, you know, you can be kind of defensive. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been doing it. Of course I'm good. Or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always like, you know, my uncle's sister's, you know, nephew <laughs> used to be a bookkeeper, a tax accountant, and yeah. he's been doing it for, for three years now. It's fine. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It sounds, um, it sounds so, like social so, media, like how they treat social media in some points too. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yes. very similar. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, and, and you get in there, and I I we generally at, you know request say, oh, can we have access? Can we have a look around? And mm-hmm. um, we have uh, a a pretty good workflow. We've got a, our head bookkeeper, and she's she's uh, incredibly talented at, at finding all of the the issues that we can solve. And so um, we'll we'll generally come back with a bit of a list of to dos <laughs> after that. <laughs> Do you, um during this time of COVID, like how how has your team had to communicate, you know, differently to, you know, uh, an industry, which is, you know, obviously the industry, the only industry you guys service, um, in a in a time of crisis, like, and making sure that you're giving 
your clients the right information about um, things that are changing like JobKeeper and, and obviously, you know, other changes that might be happening in regards with their business. Like how have you made sure as a business that you're communicating the right thing to your clients as a whole? Yeah, that's, I mean, a great question. It's, it was super challenging. I remember at the mm. beginning of COVID and we're seeing a lot of Facebook groups pop up. I'm sure yeah. you're a, a yeah, part of, of a number of them. And, mm-hmm. and we created one and just trying to get a little bit of traction there. But primarily we're focusing on on our own clients. Um, mm-hmm. We did share that information with everyone. We pr- likely have um, uh, the link still up there. I can probably send it to you. But mm-hmm. we had a, a COVID landing page um, on our mm-hmm. website, which I believe is still live. Mm-hmm. And that was getting updated very regularly when things were changing, you know, week to week. Um, the trickiest part about it all was that, you know, the government would release some information about, you know, JobKeeper, for instance. Yeah. But then the that would be updated sometimes daily. Mm. But there is no notifications. There's no there's nobody actually telling you. So um, our part of our team was just constantly on the website saying, oh, actually, they updated this point. They updated this point. You need to change that on the website <laughs> or you need to change what we're telling our clients. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you think you, you think you're up to date. You think, you know, everything's finalized when they when they bring out that statement. But yes. in truth, they're actually changing things behind the scene. And some of those changes will affect, you know, our clients and obviously the, ind- the greater industry. Um, whether you're at a certain threshold or not and yeah. particular particular numbers. So, um, yeah, we, we really worked as a team. It was it was challenging, especially doing, you know, we are used to working remotely, but yep. when you have that additional workload of, okay, what are we talking about when it comes to, you know, BAS rebates? What are we talking about when it comes to JobKeeper, JobSeeker? How are we going to approach these things? How are we going to communicate them? Mm. Um, and you've got, you know, 10 people trying to work on something totally different than our core product, you know? Yeah, of um, course. So, so it was very challenging. We, we tried to make some video updates, which I was hosting. We tried to um, do uh, our service, obviously our, our website updates and then where we could, you know, to get in there physically and go and actually have a chat with, with business owners. So mm. um, it was a struggle, which I'm, which I know that, you know, lots of other companies were, were battling to try to just get the information out there. Yes. Yeah. I remember in the early stages and I rang the ATO a couple of times and it would literally change like it was those couple of weeks where things were changing from press conference to press conference and often there would be a press conference when by the by the premier or by by the prime minister about something changing and then it wouldn't get filtered down for days or weeks to someone like the ATO and the ATO would have mm. no idea what was happening and you know just updates upon updates happening to their own website so it I know you know it was hard for me to update the industry so I can't even imagine how hard <laughs> it would be for you guys especially something you know so important as financial like it's just critical you know right we're we're lucky that we've um, we've got a, a great uh, tax advisory and accounting team mm. and they actually joined us uh, late last year mm-hmm. and they're just they're super experienced so then when these kind of, when this kind of information was coming out they were saying oh well I'm, i've actually you know i've applied for you know something that kind of was similar a year ago so i know that you know when you do talk to the ato they might have some flexibility on this point but not that point or yeah. they might be able to, to help us when we if we approach it this way but not that way so mm-hmm. that was that was really helpful because it can be scary as a business owner when you just think oh i'm just completely you know, I, I've completely missed the boat. We we had we had clients that opened their business in March. Oh um, wow! Okay. Yeah, a number a number of them, probably two or three actually. Mm. Um, espresso bars, sandwich bars, um, and they they actually did pretty well, <laughs> which is um, which is great news. Um, but 
but it's scary, you know, and, and they're not, they're not getting access to any of those. Uh, no, of course, because they're not open long enough, right? They have no, so. they have no history. Mm, they have yeah. no history. So we're, mm. we're trying to apply in, in different ways and mm. discuss with the ATO and yeah, very tricky situation. Yeah, I bet. Patrick, is there any sort of new tech that's come out um, that you guys are, you think are benefiting your clients at the moment, like any cloud-based stuff or, or any, you know, new inventive stuff that's come out during this time? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I guess as a to preface my response, we we actually only work um, with with zero with mm-hmm. uh, cloud based accounting, mm-hmm. uh, and we use a lot of cloud based tools around that. Whether it's with our team, yep. um, Receipt Bank, which is um, yep. you know you're able to upload your invoices, email your invoices, and they link straight into zero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we a lot of our clients are using Counta and Square and Tyro and all these different things. So. We're very we're very accustomed to the cloud-based type mm-hmm. of business and mm-hmm. and doing business that way. And when businesses come to us when they're on different systems, we often encourage them to move to our systems. Yes. Um, with accounting, they have to use zero, and and so there's that whole sort of thing. So we're we're very much adapted to that way of working. Mm-hmm. So seeing COVID change, I think there's been a few pretty massive shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the biggest one is the whole cash-free thing. Yes. For a lot of people. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. you know for hygienic purposes. Um, we, our team, our team really, really loves cashless because of when course. you have everything digital, it's just fast, it's efficient, it's clear, you know what's coming in almost by the minute if you really want to. Yes. And you can go and check uh, check that through your systems and mm. into zero even and, and see how that money is, is flowing. And so we've really, we've encouraged our clients to do that as well and, and to, to take on the, the cashless method where, where possible. Um, and not everyone wants to do it and cash can, can cause other problems too, that we know yeah. about with, with, uh, some clever bookkeeping. So, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we've seen, we've seen that move and I guess, you know, the whole mobile menus, table ordering, uh, you know, on your sort of smartphone, mm-hmm. um, changes to the, how you can pay as well. So some of those things, there's no particular apps that are coming to mind, um, mm-hmm. just at the moment, but we have been paying attention to a couple of startups. I know there's. Uh, a couple down in Melbourne doing the, you know, ordering platforms and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, one that's been popular that we've been recommending um, is an app called Divi Pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so even for, you know, reasonably sized venue, a bar, a restaurant, you might need to issue some like virtual debit cards. Yes. Um, so instead of, because if you are going cashless, then how are you, how are you going to tell, you know, Johnny to go and, and pick up a head of lettuce you know, 100%, yes. in the middle of service. So <laughs> uh, if you do have that kind of access, you know, he can have his own card or, and, and, mm. and they can just go and purchase and they, you can set limits and, and there's a whole sort of range of, of settings you can set there. But um, yeah, so that's, that's definitely a good option for people to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing social media kind of, I mean, it's obviously always evolving, but it's kind of becoming as important as having just like a website, you know, a landing page or something. Yeah. Like, where's your Instagram profile and where, and then all these, you know, link tree type of things where you can, you know, make bookings and order and do all this stuff within Instagram. You don't even have to leave. So yeah. that's just one example. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty cool to see that it's, it's definitely more um, efficient for the, for the consumer to be able to go in and, and do that stuff, save it into their maps, get directions, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, Yes, yeah, so all of those those digital systems and and yeah, just building building efficiencies. I think that's what COVID's been about, because people want to uh, get the product sooner and and they're not able to go into the venue. So yeah, for sure. Do you think do you think that the um, you know, you 
talk about sales there before and how cash is, you know, coming out of businesses now and not, not being used as much, certainly not as much. And having cloud-based um, uh, point of sale like, you know, like Counter and like Square, which you guys use, which I fully endorse because um, point of sale is just an interesting place, I think, especially in Australia at mm. the moment. Like with regards with like third-party providers who sell to, who, you know, collect sales for venues and then, you know, deliver it, deliver that cash like three to four days afterwards, obviously because they're using different payment gateways. Is it is it hard from a bookkeeping method from what you know to to sort of balance that because you've got delivery apps, you've got, you know, in-store menus with, you know, brands like Mr. Yum and stuff like that. Um, and then and then you've got over-the-counter sales and, and that kind of stuff. Is it a challenge from a bookkeeper's perspective to make sure all those sales are sort of syncing up? Yeah, that's definitely a part of the challenge. And you can really see when you look at the back end, you can really see the, the apps, the software, the ordering platforms, whatever they are that have been developed from an approach of tech first, yeah, yes. they're, they're coming yep. in and they're saying, we built this and you have to use it versus let's actually work with you and mm-hmm. build something and get the language right so that yep. it speaks to everything across the board. So we definitely see that on the back end of, you know, the confusion, why is this invoice not matched? What is this order number? This doesn't make any sense. This refund's not processing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, our team are very, are very, very good. They're, they're highly specialized. It says it in the name. I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> what we do, you know, looking at, yeah. we're very, Counter is, is great to work with and Tyro and, mm-hmm. um, and Square to a point there, they all have their ups, upside and, and downside. Yeah, of course. Um, organizing that, you know, you've got the Uber Eats orders and the mm-hmm. menu log orders and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's really a matter of, of like you mentioned earlier, coding everything correctly. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where the expertise comes in and people think that they have a grasp on that. Um, and they don't realize they may have been allocating certain things in a bad way. And at the end yes. of the year, that, that adds up. That adds up to a potential refund or money, you know, uh, on your tax return. So, um, yeah, it's very important. It, it is tricky. And uh, I think we've, we're have we pretty pretty well comfortable with the systems that are out there now um, yep. and the, how they work with, with zero especially. Yeah, 100%. Um, I want a couple of more questions. Two more questions before I let you go, if I can, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you're in Sydney, and and you're in a part of the, a part of your business in which you are usually the first contact for clients, right? So you're right. gonna you're gonna know you're gonna know more than most how the industry is feeling right now. So you know, obviously, us here in lockdown in Melbourne, like um, it's it's been a challenge. Obviously, having you know mm. over a hundred days of lockdown and and only delivery and um, takeout for venues and stuff. But how's how's the industry in Sydney? Like, how are your clients that you're speaking to on a daily basis sort of feeling day to day yeah i mean part of my a big part of my role is checking in with our clients getting mm-hmm. around i spend you know several days of my week you know driving around sydney getting into venues and mm-hmm. catching up with owners and cool you know talk, talking about our services but oftentimes just talking about how are things going how's the industry going what's happening yep. uh, in this neighborhood and um it's a, it's been a bit heavy. I, I was actually sharing with, that with my team last week, and mm. um, there's definitely kind of just a weight on some people's shoulders of, you know, I'm I'm 45 years old and I'm here at my cafe and I'm making coffee, you know, Monday to Friday, and mm-hmm. this isn't isn't how I saw 2020, and I used to yes. have some employees and I've had to get rid of them. So it's just kind of that weight of of all right, this isn't how I planned it, and I've got to really, you know dig in and, and work again and make this, make this 
something that's going to last through this challenging time. Yes. Um, that's, that's one aspect of it. There's another, uh, I guess, kind of a minority of our clients who are, who have just been well located. Yeah. They're in the neighborhoods, you know, they're in the place where a lot of people are working from home and their sales have actually grown or yeah. doubled or tripled or, or whatever. And so, you know, I don't have to do much checking in with them. They're very happy and very busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I will, I will share another story. I was, I was visiting some, some clients in the city and I had to park my car in Darling Harbor. If you've been around yep. Sydney, you know, that's a mm-hmm. big tourist area. And there's a few new uh, areas, Darling Quarter with a lot of hospitality venues mm-hmm. there and going into Barangaroo is mm-hmm. a lot of hospitality venues there. Yes. And I've spent a lot of, I've spent quite a bit of time around those areas, you know, pre COVID and hustle bustle. So many people everywhere packed, you know, these uh, incredibly beautiful kind of food court type of places just yes. packed with people and mm-hmm. just a, a nice buzz and a good vibe there. And I felt, I just felt depressed. You know, I, I yeah. walked through, it was, it was 12 o'clock weekday in Barangaroo and Darling Quarter and these different packed. areas. Mm-hmm. And it was, it wasn't a ghost town, but it was just, you know, there were, there were people standing around staff members, you know, you could sort of just see, you know, the owners, which I'm, I'm quite good at spotting uh, <laughs> standing, standing at the, at the till at the point of sale, just kind of looking around, you know, and it's, yeah. It, it was it was heavy. It was a heavy feeling, and I kind of just like got in the car and I was like, "Man, that was that was rough, you know." To to, to just experience it firsthand, I hadn't been there since the beginning of the year, yes. since before this all started, and so um, to get down there and just to see how empty it was and and that feeling, and I, it helped. It made me feel for for everyone down in Melbourne and the businesses mm. doing it tough down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have have any advice for anyone in terms of here's a financial tip for you yes. to get through this. But, you know, I think the best way is just sticking together is, is voicing your, your, your pain, your challenges to, to someone in the industry. And often, you know, we, we see each other as competitors, but yeah. there's really an opportunity to connect at a deeper level and, and build new relationships and new, new people in your network that, that might be there for you one day, you know, after yeah. this kind of clears up a little bit more and we can see what the future is going to look like. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's been just a really cool part of, of what I get to do. I get to help people uh, attach to that kind of new way of thinking. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the, if, if there's one positive, I think that probably the biggest positive is we've got a more connected industry that actually really wants to collaborate now even more than ever. And, and, and really wants to look after each other. And that was obviously there before, but I think that's just on steroids now. And it's, um, uh, it's exciting to see moving forward, you know? Um, so um, we're really lucky to see that. Um, Absolutely. Patrick, last question before I let you go, as I've been asking everyone at the end of the podcast of recent <laughs> times, what is the one thing you're looking forward to most in 2021? Oh, probably traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to travel to the most? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you go I back actually, home or I actually have two children. Oh, lovely. Um, so one is a newborn. She's about seven weeks old. Congratulations. Uh, six, six weeks old. Thank you. And so, so I, being from the States, one mm-hmm. of the things I'm looking forward to is my family being able to come and visit. Yeah. Um, I don't look forward to traveling with children. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but them coming to me. Yeah. They're coming to me. I know a lot of our team as well. They had trips booked this year and lots of things um, ready to go. And that, you know, as, as for most people that kind of vaporized, um, mm-hmm. So hope, hoping for that Queensland border to open up for for the new year. One day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we might not meet till I get together and oh, sign a dear. petition. Yes, I think um, so. 
Yeah, that, that's yeah. Travel is definitely um, a good one, but not necessarily for myself. But uh, yeah, seeing others enjoy. Hundred <laughs> percent, uh, Patrick. What's the best way that people can connect with uh, Cafe Bookkeepers and, and reach out to you guys? Yeah, definitely catch us on on Instagram um, at Cafe Bookkeepers. Um, get to our website, cafebookkeepers.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll <clears throat> any messaging, any kind of contact will come pretty much straight to me. So. You'll hear my lovely voice on the other side of the phone or, or the email. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, yeah, get in touch. And you've got an awesome blog as well that I've seen. So um, I'll make sure that I link that up in the show notes so that people can can check you out. So, Patrick, thanks so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Enjoyed it. Thank you.